welcome chapter 2 section 2 our book discussion as a group what if Jesus was serious about prayer this one keep it simple and unceasing so as you hear that word simple are you just like yes prayer is so simple or are you thinking wow prayer is not simple how are we humans able to even begin to talk to the God of the universe so that's our topic for today and uh Let's start with a more simple question. Tell me about your hand strength. How are you feeling today? Pretty good? Strong? I mean, like you can open a pickle jar, snow on the mountains, soon you'll be scraping your windows. You have the modern ability to hold your phone with one hand and type. Hand strength? How do you feel? Now, don't worry, we're not going to do this. Don't worry, we are not going to do this. But imagine we did a little hand strength competition here for a month. And we gave you the opportunity for two choices of how to strengthen your hand. And we're going to measure at the beginning and measure at the end and see who has the most percentage of hand strength improvement. Okay? Ready for this? Two options. First option, probably what you expect. You get a little squishy thingy and a little exercise routine of, um, you know, start with 10 do it 10 times a day, and then next day do it 15, add five every day for the next 30 days, where are you going to be, right? Second option, you just use your imagination, hold your hands like this, and imagine squeezing. Let's try this right now because you doubt that you can even do that. So put your hands on your knees and just maybe close your eyes to help focus your mind on your hands. Don't move your hands. Just imagine closing and squeezing your hands. Got it? Okay. So if I give you those two options for this competition, which are you going to choose? If you chose one or two, you would be correct because this is the amazing thing. Using your mind and imagination actually can strengthen your hands. So there was a study done in 2004, which is fascinating. They took 30 people, and they said, eight people, you are going to... Actually, it was just for their pinky finger strengthening. You, we're going to strengthen your pinky finger using your imagination. You're not going to move your hand. You're just going to imagine for 20 minutes every day these hand exercises. 35% increase in hand, pinky strength. They did it for their biceps, their elbow muscles here. And they said, okay, you do these mind exercises every day, 20 minutes, 12 weeks. Only like 13.5% increase. But still, they didn't do anything. They just used their mind to imagine moving their arms. There was a group of eight that did nothing, and they got nothing. And then there was a group of six that actually did exercises. 53% increase for them. So there is a bigger increase, but isn't that fascinating that our mind and using our imagination can actually strengthen our body? I mean, you're familiar with this because you see the downhill skiers doing the course in their mind and imagination. You see the football players running the plays and the options through their mind mentally before they actually are on the field, right? We are familiar with this idea of using our imagination to train our body, but I think it's fascinating because when you think about prayer, what is prayer? Using your imagination 
to connect and commune with God. So today we need to talk about this very simple thing of connecting with God that begins with our imagination. We don't know how it works, but we do know, because there's been studies done, that have determined the relationship between prayer and the life expectancy of cancer patients, that prayer has a positive influence, right? Isn't this, it's just fascinating that just prayer has a positive influence in the world. So curious. So today, let's talk about using our imagination in prayer. So our passage that Rachel just read is from Jesus' teaching on prayer from the Sermon on the Mount. And basically, Jesus just said about the hypocrites and the babbling pagans that they lack imagination. They don't have an imagination. That's their problem. And what are they doing instead? They are focused on the people around them, what they can do to get some attention, some praise and accolades. They're just focused here, right? And they lack imagination to see God who is invisible. They're focused here and lack imagination. But then Jesus says about you that you can. You can use your imagination to see beyond the here and now, the things you can touch and feel, and cross over into this invisible kingdom of heaven that is here and now and all around us. You can't see with your eyes, but you can see it using your imagination. So this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, you guys have imagination. How did he say that? He said, hey, but you go into your room alone and pray to God who you cannot see. Right? You have to use your imagination to do this, right? So what is Jesus asking us to do by going into a room alone? He's, he's asking us to use our imagination to believe that God is here, use our imagination to have faith to take action, to actually talk and pray to God, saying, use your imagination to trust me and trust this, that it works even though you don't see it. Sky Giathani, chapter 15, you'll read it this week, I'm sure, talks about this word simultaneity made up by Thomas Kelly. But this idea of simultaneity is exactly what we're talking about. Our imagination accessing the spiritual realm, which he calls the inner communion, down below. And then on the upper level, outer activity. So there's two things happening in our lives at the same time. We live in the here and now in the outer activity level of life and, and feeling and touch and presence. But then we also, at the same time, simultaneously live in inner communion. We are participating in the kingdom of heaven that is here and now all around us. So simultaneity, I think that's how you say this, living two levels at the same time, and it takes imagination. Oh, you need to be online to pray. So fascinating. Now that could be a voice from God. So what it's saying is if you're on the internet, you're living in outer activity. To live in inner communion, you have to use your imagination. No internet required. 
So let's talk about this using our imagination. Because first, Jesus says about using your imagination to believe. Jesus said, go into the room alone. So what does this mean? Go into the the room alone. On an outer activity level, what does it mean to go into a room alone? It means to reduce and quiet the outer activity, all the stimulus, the things coming at you, the demands of this life, quiet those down by being in a room alone and pray, right? So that's setting out, setting aside the outer activity. But then what does it mean for inner communion? When you go into a room alone and you've quieted the outer distractions, now the inner communion is what you can focus on. You can put your attention there on that, right? So you may have heard about prayer, things like bow your head, fold your hands, close your eyes. Why do you do these things? To quiet the outer activity in order to focus on the inner communion that is happening. Or maybe you've heard, you know, or have done where you kneel at your bed and pray. Why do we do this? Because by kneeling and putting our bodies in a posture We are calming the outer activity. I mean, you can't cook a dinner while you're kneeling at your bed. So you're you're putting aside some things. You're focusing on God, right? That's simply what is happening in the outer outer activity being quieted in order to focus on the inner communion level. So again, let's try this. We did the squeezing your hand, but if you would, just do your hands again on your knees. Maybe close your eyes if you need to shut out some of the outer activity around you. And this time, use your imagination to imagine God simply holding your hands. And now, using your imagination, give God a little squeeze back. Amen. I mean, that activity is simply quieting the outer activity around us by closing your eyes and then turning your attention to the inner communion level that is present all around us, but we need to use our imagination to access. So first, we use our imagination to believe that God is here, even though we don't see God. But then second, we use our imagination for faith, for faith to take action to speak to God, to listen to God. Jesus said, Go into the room alone and pray to your Father who is unseen. Pray to God who you don't see but is there. That is faith. It's this we are taking an action to move toward God, to speak to God. You know, God is unseen, but we still speak to him. And isn't that exactly what prayer is? Is that we are in communion with God. We're talking to God. We're listening to God. Now, if somebody's observing you and you're just talking to yourself, they might think you're crazy. But when you are talking to God out loud by yourself, God is there, right? It's it's happening. So it is this act of faith that we do something that we can't see, but it begins there. And at, at this very simple level, this is what prayer is, right? To turn our attention to God and to talk and to listen, to be engaged with God. So, very easy prayer to begin with. 
to say, God, I am here. You are here. We are here together. Right? This prayer, it's a, it's a statement of faith to say that, to say it out loud, or even to think it in your mind is, is an act of faith. God, I believe you are here, and now I am engaging you in conversation. You know, and prayer might go on from that very simple level to you are speaking what's on your heart and your mind, the circumstances of your life, and you might be using words to express things to God in order to be heard by God. And you might be being still where you're trying to listen and receive from God. These are acts of faith, right? It's using our imagination to imagine God is there right across from us and we can talk to God. Now, also, prayer can be using the Psalms, which we always say the, the 150 Psalms are the Hebrew prayer book, because you use the Psalms to pray. You take these, these words that were written even long ago, and you read them, and as you read them, you let those words sink in and become your own words. And then as they're your words, then you are also able to listen to God through those words. So we're using a Psalm, or... You could also take another passage of scripture. Um, my mom has been praying for me and my siblings forever, for more than 40 years. Colossians 1, 9-14, which is Paul's prayer for the Colossian people. Right? She, long ago when we were kids, just grabbed this scripture and just started reading it, making those her words of prayer for us. Right? And over time, she memorized those words so that at, at some point, you know, she's up in the middle of the night, she could just pray that prayer using Paul's words, making it our, her own for us. And then she adds our spouses, and now she's added the grandkids. And uh, another practice she does, she has rocks with all the grandkids' initials on a rock, one rock per kid. And she'll just hold the rock, right, in her time of prayer. Bring that child into God's presence and trust that God is taking care of that kid. Now, I like to point out with my siblings when we're at my mom's house that there are no rocks with our initials on them, but just the grandkids. But this is an easy example of prayer, where you're taking the words that Paul wrote, or the Psalms, and you're just letting those be your words. And over time, you're communing with God through them, and you're able to listen to God, and it is an act of faith. Well, and then third, Jesus goes on to talk about how we use our imagination to receive. To receive. Jesus goes on to say, Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. This is pretty amazing. Because God said, I will reward you. You show up, God says, I will reward you. I will meet you there. Now, I don't know, we're not going to dig into, is the reward an answer to the prayer or the correction of the situation or some miracle? But the reward is obviously God saying, if you turn towards me and show up, I will reward you by being with you in presence. And that right there is why prayer is powerful. That God has made this promise that God has to keep that if you turn towards God, bring your attention to God, God will reward you in return. And so we know prayer is powerful. 
because of God's promise. And then fourth and finally, Jesus says, Do not be like them, the babblers, for for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. God knows what you need before you ask him. And this is about using our imagination to trust. To trust that God will be God and God will follow through. That God will be taking care of the situation. He will be there for you. And this is trust. You know, you use your imagination to believe that God is here with you. Even though you can't see God, you believe God is here. You, you, in this act of faith, you move toward God by speaking and listening. And now you receive and trust. And what happens with trust is that it builds. It grows. As, as you come to God and you receive the reward, it, it encourages you to come back. And it encourages growth in the relationship. So we trust using our imagination because we may not feel it every day, but we come back to God trusting that God will meet us in prayer. All right, hopefully putting this all together using the very famous chair illustration, which you've probably heard. But the idea, as you know, with a chair, if you think about the outer activity level of life, You're in this room, you're sitting on a pew, you see these chairs, and in life you know somebody can say, hey, have a seat. And so what do you do to believe? (laughs) First, you kind of maybe assess the situation, look, okay, don't see any cracks, it looks like it can hold me. You know, I'm going to draw from my past experience to believe this chair is going to be okay to sit down on, right? I've sat down on other things, and this too can hold me up, right? You believe. Now, believe is one thing, but to actually sit down takes faith, right? Faith is when we say, okay, I believe that the chair is good, but now faith, right, is when you actually sit down and you're like, okay, yep, we're good. Yep, sitting down. You're like, nope, no, you're not. You, you say you believe, but you've got to put your faith in the chair now. And this is outer activity. We do this all the time in life, right? We just believe things. We act on our faith that these things will be true. And so we sit down, and it's okay. And hopefully over time, we gain trust. I mean, how many times have you sat in these pews, and you just trust that these pews will hold you up? Right? It's just this trust has been built over time. Now, if a pew fell down one time, everybody's trust would be broken. We'd start at square one again, building trust. Right? But this is just in the outer activity level of life. Right? You got to believe that it'll hold you up. You got to take action through faith to actually sit down. And then over time, you build trust. But if you come over here to the inner communion side, where you don't see any chairs, and God the Trinity is gathered here and says, Come, sit with us. And what do you have to do? in inner communion with God. First, you have to believe that God does exist, that God is here, that God is existing in Trinity form and in personality and interaction and relationship. And they, the Trinity God, is inviting you to sit down with them. That's, 
I believe. But then faith is to actually take that step of action in yourself, to move in your imagination, in your inner sanctuary of your soul, to move toward being with the Spirit, with the Son, and with the Father. To actually, in your mind, sit down and be. And maybe it's a listening activity of faith. Maybe it is a speaking and sharing activity of faith. But for you to bring yourself in your presence through your imagination and the sanctuary of your soul into the presence of God takes faith. And then, as you do this activity over and over throughout your lifetime, something grows and expands and increases. Because the reward that God gives in you turning toward God and and God coming and meeting with you grows and it increases so that you feel more and more welcome. You feel more and more wanted to sit with the Trinity. Right? This is prayer. And trust is that when there's a day you can't even imagine that God exists, trust says, ah, but I'm still going to go and turn my attention toward God. We are going to pray in a moment, but I want to give you what we're going to do, just so you are thinking about prayer today. First, I'm going to invite you to bow your heads, fold your hands, close your eyes, in order to shut out the outward activity level around you, right? That's step one. And then second is to imagine God's presence filling this space, to believe that God is here, to turn our inner communion attention toward God, that God is present here, and then we will pray. I will be the one talking, using words verbally, But as I pray, it's also an invitation for you to pray along. That you, as you hear my words, maybe you repeat them back. Or maybe in your mind you agree and say yes. Or maybe you let your imagination and thinking about God expand from what I'm saying to something even more. But you are praying with in the activity. And so I begin in prayer by addressing God. And Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father who art in heaven. So we begin with our Father or Heavenly Father or some other name of God and address God. That's the beginning. And we come with awe and reverence. And then we simply are going to say, God, you are here. We are here. And we are here together. Just acknowledge in our imagination, the sanctuary of our soul, that this is happening here and now. And then I'll say thank you, and we'll have a moment of silence, a pause for you to sit, listen. If you need to speak to God, you can do that. And Charlie will close with an amen as he begins our communion song. And amen, amen is the closing. It's the statement to God, yes, Lord, let it be. Amen. According to your will, may it be done. Amen. Amen is like saying yes and closing and moving on. So, if you would join me, will you bow your head, fold your hands, close your eyes, and still the outer activity level around us? And second, 
turn your attention to God, the inner communion level, to imagine God's presence here in this space, filling this sanctuary. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you are here, we are here, and we are here together. Thank you.